Hey everybody, welcome to Talking Story. It's uh, it's great to be hanging with you here. Awesome time catching up. This is kind of like part two to a discussion I had recently with pro skater Andy McDonald, hanging out with Mike McGill of the Bounds Brigade and Mike Rogers of the Grind for Life organization. And uh, Mike's got an amazing story, Rogers, to tell here. And then we'll throw it to Mr. Mike McGill, who will give us some insight in, as far as his career is concerned and uh, where he is today. Been living in Encinitas forever. He's got McGill's skate shop up there, going strong since 1987. Too cool. And it was just so awesome hanging out with uh, Mike McGill. But we start off talking to Mike Rogers and hearing his compelling, inspiring, just uh, incredible story journey that's on the way. First, a couple of weeks ago, I got exposed to some new pizza. I'm always about or always touting, if you will, Bronx, Bronx pizza right off of Washington. That's usually my go-to spot. But uh, Meryl, who I do the radio show with, and then she's got the podcast, uh, The Campfire Shit Show, here on the U Network. Meryl hit me to uh, Mr. Moto Pizza, which uh, they've been around for a while. I remember when they started in PB. But they're a group of first-generation Italians. They take their pizza seriously. They focus on creating unique gourmet pizzas. I mean, the display has over 20 varieties and uh, they're located, they've got locations in Pacific Beach, North Park, Point Loma, La Jolla, and OB. Had a chance to sample some pizza in studio over at the radio station. Then I went down to the North Park spot because they were cool enough to give me a gift certificate. In fact, I'll make sure that we give out one here through the podcast. On, on our next podcast, I'll make sure that I hook you up with a free pie. How about that? And I love the fact that they call them pies which is why I support MrMotoPizza.com. So uh, speaking of the next podcast, it's going to include a sit-down with uh, my friend Troy Johnson. We'll be talking story with Troy and my friend Jeff, who's one of the sponsors here at U. He runs Baja Bound Mexican Auto Insurance. But Troy's going to come on and talk about Baja Cuisine, specifically places to visit, uh, whether it's along the coast or wine country is just booming down there. And the cool thing about having Jeff hanging out in the piece is that Jeff can give us even extra insight because uh, he runs an insurance company that sends Americans down to Baja. And he wants to make sure that we have an am- just amazing an American time. <laughs> he wants to make sure it's been a long week, friends. Uh, that uh, we have an amazing time down there. So he's kind of like our guide as Troy and I talk story about Baja cuisine. So if you're heading down there, online quotes available. It's insurance you can trust. They've been around since 1994. And not just auto coverage. My uh, VW bus covered SUVs, trucks, vans, motorcycles. It's the easiest way to buy Mexican auto insurance. You can purchase and print out your policies online at BajaBound.com. All right, let's grind with Mike Rogers. Yes, um, 2003, I um, 
was battling my second bout with uh, scarcoma cancer. I was first diagnosed in 1978 when I was 12, and then 25 years later, um, the scarcoma came back in my nasal cavity and um, went to all the three of the best uh, cancer places in the state of Florida, even where I was treated when I was a kid, the Miami Children's Clinic, and uh, none of the doctors even kind of kind of were baffled by how to do go about the treatment plan. So went back on the computer, researched scarcoma specialists in this United States and Moral Sloan Kettery came up. So I went up there to see Dr. Singh and uh, he said, yeah, we just started doing your procedure three years ago. We're pretty good at it. You'll be the 46th person to have the cranial facial resection with the brain lift done. And, the uh, what? <laughs> yeah, they can lift people's brains now and do microsurgery. And what they do is they, they took your brain out. Yeah, they lifted it. Whoa! So, the hardest thing about lifting the brain is there's a gel. It, it protects it, and uh, if you break that seal on the gel, there's no fixing that. So, yeah. So I survived um, having my brain lifted. And how old were you at this point? I was 37. I was in the prime of my life. Um, I was a skate park director for a YMCA at the Palm Beaches. I ran skate programs for six years, and it was one of the busiest. Uh, it probably was the busiest YMCA in the country because we had the first skate park with three concrete swimming pools and a beautiful street course and mini ramp. So the park was being used at its fullest potential every day, 90 kids every three hours so. I was in good shape before the surgery, so they wouldn't even do this procedure on anybody over 50. And why is that? Just because of the risk? Because your body's not going to be able to handle being under anesthesia for 17 hours. Holy shit. That's that's scary to think about. Yeah, because your heart rate and and all that So if I'm 50 next year, I wouldn't be able to get this procedure because of the toll it takes on your body. Now, when you went through it the first time, it wasn't as severe, correct? Yeah, um, it was just... uh, even when I was a kid, it was gnarly because um, the tumor was right behind the right eye and right by, by the brain, too. So they needed a brain surgeon at first. They did a biopsy when I was 12 and removed the bulk of the tumor. So then I ended up doing radiation back in the 70s was primitive. They didn't mat you like they – now right. they're precise down to the millimeter, and they can yeah. do proton radiation. But when I was radiated, when I was a kid, they ever radiated me. I had radiation burn and all this stuff. And then the chemotherapy ran out of veins. Um, and this is when you were a kid. At yes. how, how old were you at this point? I was 12 years old. No, My son's least. age. Yes. And you losing your mind at that age? I mean, are you scared? I, I'd be scared. When you're at 12, you don't understand what you're going through. You're just like, why am I going through all this? But you know you're, your life's at stake. So right. Nobody's like really telling you the truth when you're a kid you're just going through the process at all of it all man i can't honestly your brain's not old enough to know what's going on i can't at this age i'm trying to even put myself there and i can't do it that's crazy and and your parents too i just think of your folks and what they were going through he could never really accept it my mom rode the road what drove me to miami to be treated every day an hour two hours in traffic so then you beat it as a kid, and then you had this... Even when I was a kid, I had to travel. I had to go from West Palm Beach to Miami to be treated, so... Damn, was- dude. And then you do beat it, and then you have this professional skateboarding career, and then it rears its head again, as you said, 
your late 30s while you're managing parks. Yeah, I was a skate park director for the YMCA, so I was six years into it, and then I started getting a runny nose. That's how it started? Well, how did yeah. you know you had something going on at 12? Let's start there. Migraines. Migraines. The tumor was going so fast, it was pushing the right eye out of its socket and pushing into the brain. Oh, and so then the migraines were excruciating. They were like... So you're having migraines as a kid, and then you beat it, go through all these crazy procedures with you know older technology and medicine, and then it comes back, your late 30s, and your nose starts running. Yeah, and then that's the sign of the tumor growing again. And I went to this, see a regular doctor, and she says, oh, yeah, you look like you got a, a nose infection. So I did 10 days of antibiotics. No, Didn't do anything. The tumor was getting bigger. It was growing out the right nostril. Holy oh. shit. And you could see it at could this point? could see it. It looked like a big blood blister. And you're freaking out, obviously. Yes, Something's going on. So we go to see Dr. Raja in West Palm Beach the first, and he did the biopsy and removed the tumor and found out it was the same, a hybrid. They, they couldn't even put a name on this sarcoma. It was a hybrid of the first one. A hybrid of the so basically it was a new version but bigger and, and stronger faster. and faster and scarier. Yeah, like within two weeks the tumor is coming out the nostril. Holy shit! I'm I'm just blown away. Yeah. And then they mm. and this is obviously when you went through the procedure. Yeah, and I'm where, still working at the skate park and all this is happening. And, and you're dealing with all these physical. And I have a skate shop and a snack bar that I ran at the Y and then. All this, too, to go through. And, and what are your peers saying at this point where they see you're physically changing? You get to see people's eyes that they they were worried about you. You know, yeah. like there's my theory through all this was being a good person to the community helped me out, you know. Yeah. Because a lot of single parents would be able to drop their kids off and get great mentoring. Yeah. But when I was a skate park director, I took a lot of pride in it. I would do theme nights, run great programs for everybody. So, so. when you got sick, everybody looked yeah, at it like it's, it's our family member. This is all before social media and stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people, we really didn't really know until they came to the skate park what was really going on. So Damn. when they found out, you know, and then the community stepped up, the people who worked for me stepped up. And then, um, yeah, I got the surgery, and 10 weeks later, I was back there working again. Holy cow. And that surgery, tell us about it. You mentioned they had to move your brain and they had, yeah, to, that they surgery, had to remove your eye. Um, yeah, they removed the eye, the cheekbone, and half of the roof of the mouth. See, they didn't really want to remove half of the roof of the mouth, but see, like they didn't want to leave one cell. Right. And then like come in four years later and then yeah. have to do like whatever. What's well, like my wife, she's a breast cancer survivor and she didn't have cancer in the other breast, but she said, take them both. Right. Take as much as you need to take right. just so this doesn't happen again. Same deal right. with you. Right. And here you are now, how many years on the other side of it? I'm going on my 15th year. Damn, dude. Remission. Hell yeah. yeah. Each year is a blessing to be alive. When I go to see the doctor seeing, he can't, you know, like I got a great team it did a great procedure and uh for me not to go tell you chris my story on this podcast would be doing a world of disservice because 60 people did the surgery four-part surgical team imagine how much schooling that is Jeez. and not for me not to be out here to tell and you money chris, and your and resources and, and the resources and yeah like modern day miracle medicine right now talking to everybody on this podcast like and that's what the story is like, never give up, never surrender, and and always have hope that there's 
you can do better. And that's what I spread around to the world. It's beautiful. And that's what I do. 25 events each year. We travel. We talk to people at the booth. And we tell the story. And then it gives the people who are battling, like your wife and all these people are battling or have been through it, they they know, you know. Yeah. So your wife, she shares her story with people, and, and that helps people. So that's Hell all yeah. of us are binded together. Well, that was the only thing you know. where I found, the only thing I found solace in when my wife was going through it, because I was so scared and didn't know any better. You know, we had two young kids at the time. It was stage three. They say this thing's moving into her lymph nodes. You know, I'm crying in the shower because I, I just don't know what's going on. And if my kids are going to grow up without a mom, and I'll tell you, the the place where I got the most comfort was by talking to other people who had right. been through the same thing. Right. Other dudes who had wives who had been through treatments and having those resources got me through the experience. Yeah, it's a heavy situation. And for you her, talking to other people who had had it too, yeah. Yeah, have kids too. I'm a, I'm an uncle for everybody. I'm right. I'm uncle. Your uncle. So I'm your uncle also. Like, I get to it. see the family go through this is very, I can, feel, I can feel everybody's pain. Yep. I get that. I feel the pain of everybody. Because you don't know unless you've been through it, and you've been through it on a whole different level. I can see the pain, and it it hurts that I can see it, so I I can feel it. I get that. So how did you team up with this legend here, Mike McGill? And I talked to Andy McDonald, who's in the room, but he was on a previous podcast, so he's playing quiet today. I've known known Mike since the 80s. I am from Florida. I really met Mike in the last 22 years. That's by being at the Y, but I've known Mike... I used to skate out here at a skate park in the 80s, and then his park at, in Tampa there it was for a while. And I didn't really know him back then because he was touring, and he was he was like top top of his game back then, the Bones Brigade and stuff. But in the last 20 years, me and Mike skate together. We do competitions. We're in the Masters together. Dope. And he's a big advocate for what Rank for Life does. He comes out and signs autographs and does – all kinds of great work since almost the beginning of the organization. So we didn't really start this organization um, until 2007 with the Clash of Claremont when Andy started that with getting the 2006 vert ramp there. And he said, why don't we just turn this into a a yearly fundraising event? So it's awesome that this Clash of Claremont is a big, big fundraiser for grind for life for the whole year. So this funds, or tremendous support for the organization yep. and they bind the community together. We have cancer patients that are battling and they're done with their stuff and they're out there bringing their friend. Like, yep. so it's a beautiful, it keeps day. giving it's a beautiful, but Mike, he's been involved since the get go and Andy's on our board of directors. So. Sure. Now, Mike, what was it about the organization that first attracted you? Well, it's obviously a uh, super Mike here. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, just look at him. He's an amazing skater and to, to think, I mean, most of you guys, your audience that's listening, like go out there and try and skate a bowl with one eye. I mean, right. that's, it's, it's not even possible. I mean, I think at one of the things we did a thing where Mike made some patches or something and I missed that one, but right. the rest of the guys like, yeah, we did it. We, we put a patch on our eye and we all tried to skate like Mike and they couldn't were getting headaches. They were getting, yeah, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. So, I mean, just, you know, uh, just by meeting Mike and just knowing what he went through and I mean, you know, when you go through something like that, your wife goes through something, nobody wants to talk about it. They don't yeah. want to talk. And, like, he makes it possible for people to get through this. And, uh, you know, through skating, it's it brings the whole community together. And I think a lot of it also has to do with the fact that, you know, because I've got a son right now who's a skater, and I know 
so much of it is how you do carry yourself in the parks and stuff like right. that. And the fact that you are powering through this, it just such a shows such a great level of perseverance, how you're like, dude, I got this, but it's not going to stop me. And I don't care what other people think or have right. to say. Right. Well, that's the story is oh, all he does is skateboard. That's the story. You had your brain lift and your face removed and you can still skate. You know, like now there's more to it. There's a lot of envious people, but that's the story. You just get out accept there. the things you cannot change for some people, yeah. and then uh, they can get it, you know, through the long run, you know. Yeah. But, yeah, just to be able to do what I can do is that shows you how good bar medicine has come all these years. Well, know? I'll say this. I, I'm amazed, Mike McGill, you're able to do what you do. Yeah, you know, a lot of us, I mean, we, of course, we made our living uh, out of skateboarding. Right. But it never, I, I don't think, like, probably Andy and myself and Caballero, the rest of the guys, we were like, we skated because we loved to skate, you know? And then right. all of a sudden we were like, oh, well, I guess, are we going to go to school? No, we're going to travel a little bit more. And then <laughs> went on for like four years. And then we're like, oh, well, I guess they want to make some models with us. We're going to actually make some money. Right. Maybe that'll give us a little head start in life. But we still skated because we like to skate. But you didn't think it'd be going this long. Like, I, I no. equate you guys to like, I look up to you guys like I look up to the stones. Like, how long can the stones go? It's kind of how I look at you guys. How long can these guys go? Well, you know, what's funny is, uh, I think, I don't know if Andy told you, but la like two weeks ago, these Advil people called me. They're like, hey, we, we want you to come try out for an Advil commercial. Come on. So, yeah, I, I pulled up there in L.A. I'm like, all right, I'll just stop by. And I saw, like, all these legendary skaters. Uh, Doug Pineapple Saladino from San Diego. Uh <laughs> Um, Steve Cathy from GNS. I'm like, what are you dudes doing here? You know? And, uh, it, it came down to me and another guy. I didn't know the other guy, but they're like, Mike, we really like you, but you just, you look too young. No, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, but that's what skateboarding does. It keeps you young it and does. strong. Yeah. Surfing great, too. You know? <laughs> I love it though. And that's too funny that they're hitting these guys up now for Advil. It's like, no, we're on the CBD rubs. We're good. Right. right, right. <laughs> now I'd like to hear more about your story, Mike, as far as uh, you got your start on the East coast before you ventured here in the eighties, right? <clears throat> yes. Yeah. I started skating in Florida when I was 10. 10. And, uh, yeah, coming, you know, I was born in New York, Brooklyn. Okay, me too. In Long Island. We're in, right? Yeah, yeah, I was born in Brooklyn and raised in Long Island. Blackbush Where? Avenue. <laughs> okay, I was from uh, Bay Ridge and oh, wow. then lived in a little town called Roslyn I've and then moved it. out to to uh, Los Angeles. Oh, wow. So you moved, you moved to Florida. Wait, you how old were you when you moved to Los Angeles? 12, 13. Oh, wow, you're lucky. You're so I know, I did luck out. I did luck out. I had, I had to move to the swamps with, with Mike Rogers. Uh -huh. Sorry. Oh, Sorry about that. It was that. tough skating back there. But, I mean, even Andy's from back east, too. Anywhere, when you're from back east. You know. And especially in that time, uh, there's no cell phones. There's no nothing. And, uh, you know, I was at the – I had uh, Stacy Peralta, Jay Adams, Tony Alva. I had pictures of them all over my room. So that I funny. cut out of the magazines. Started skating. Got sponsored at, like, um, 13 – and I met most of those dudes. Within and you're rolling years. with them. That was like ridiculous. And you know what's a trip about that, Mike, is I was that same kid in my bedroom cutting out pictures of you, no. Tony. <laughs> I swear to God, dude. I swear. The Bones Brigade guys. Because yeah. when did you guys start skating? Uh, well, the, the Bones Brigade, well. Was formed. That was, was formed like in the early, well. 80s. Yeah, and I moved to 80s. I moved to California in 84, 85, mid-80s. Oh, wow. yeah, 85. Prime right there. Wow, what a trip. Made the twist in 84 in Sweden. Let's see. Yeah, uh, buddy. Uh, let's see. That's how I kind of like chronologically 
do things. Uh, and then let's see, at famous animal chin video. When yes, was that? like eighty seven. Right? That was late eighties. Yeah. What a trip, man. So, what did bring you to the West Coast? Obviously, the uh, Neil Lurie. A Floridian. His name is Alan Ollie Gelfin. And, uh, <laughs> Mike Rogers knows him well. Yeah, I'm good friends with Alan. He actually invented the ollie. Interesting. Ollie on a in a pool. He did. Yeah. So he, he's credited. He's the guy. Oh, he's the guy. He's the, he's guy. the guy. There's guys that say they. They did stuff. Of course. That's why I said he's the guy. He's the guy. And uh, yeah, so real quickly, he, um, uh, I, I would compete around Florida, and uh, I, that's how I knew Alan, but he was from Hollywood, Florida, and I was living in Tampa, Florida. Okay. My family, little town outside of Tampa. Anyway, uh, there was this park called Rainbow Wave, mm -hmm. and that was our local park 55 miles away. And uh, he noticed me, and he's like, Mike, uh, you know, I'm going to... Uh, Stacy Peralta's this Christmas for two weeks for Christmas vacation. What? You want to come with us? You just got to get a ticket, you know, and we'll, you know, we'll help you. you can come on. We're going to stay at, you know, we're going to stay at Stacy's or whatever. I'm like, what? Okay. And how old are you at this time? Uh, I'm 12. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I'm like, and my parents, I don't know what my parents were thinking. They're like, letting me go to California with this guy that's, you know, he's a few years older than me. He was, really? He was 15 at right. the time, 15 or 16. So uh, I was like, all right, so we went out there and uh, without your parents, without my parents, parents wouldn't and do that he said, today. Yeah, Mrs. McGill, we're going to stay at Stacy Peralta's, and my uncle lives out there, so we're going to stay with him, you know. And I think we spent uh, an evening at his uncle's, and one night at Stacy's, and the rest we were like everywhere, all over California, people's couches, Del Mar skate park, you name it. We were yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we <clears throat> we met Stacy Peralta, and he said, "Hey, we're going to go to Marina Del Rey. Uh, I want you to do this uh, that trick you're doing. It's called the layback air." Right. And this guy from Florida, Kelly Lynn, who yes. Mike knows. Yeah. He invented the trick, but all these kids like they never seen that trick before. They're like, "Wow, that's a cool trick." I'm like, "No, I didn't invent it, but I just but I just kind of made it go upside down so it looked 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 different, looked right. like mine." So Stacy's like, hey, this guy, Jim Casimus, wants to take a picture of you from Skateboarder Magazine. You know, I'm like, what? Oh, okay. We took pictures. I didn't hear anything. So when we went back to, to Florida, I got a call like a few weeks later from Stacy. He's like, hey, there's a little picture of you in the magazine. Oh, my like, gosh. What? My friends are going to freak, you know? So I skated up to Eckert's Drugstore, six miles away. I'm looking through the magazine like three times. I'm like, man, it must be small, but I don't care. You know, it's my first <laughs> picture in a magazine. Went through it one more time, opened the centerfold, boom. Oh, my gosh, you're the centerfold. <laughs> centerfold, nope. and you're, you're friggin' 12, 13 years old. Yeah. Whole, and then, uh, I've yeah. got a hard on. Rest is, <laughs> rest is history. I just, rest yeah, I just, that talk about a coming of age story, man. I just <laughs> passed puberty here in that. Wow. Yeah, for Mike to come from Florida to get the spread in the, the mag, that's like, holy cow. Yeah, even and it, today, even exactly. Today. And what was it like? I mean, because before you guys, it was the same thing with me with Dogtown and Tony and Stacy and stuff, and oh, that yeah. must have been mind blowing. It was, but you know, coming back to a little town in Florida, being one of maybe three skaters in a school, you know, school of seven hundred and something kids, yeah, skated, you know, like it was, it was, it was tough times because you were you were enjoying it, but you wanted to be in California. Yep. And then, you know, a lot of us, like me, if you've seen the Bones Brigade story, I got jealous of, like, Lance Mountain and yep. Stevie because they could 
be with Stacy all the time. Interesting. And I had to stay in my little ramp, especially <laughs> the tough times when there's yeah. there's nobody to skate with. Mike. Yeah, that's You're a lone real soldier, Mike. Nobody we were alone soldiers. That's FOMO then, before there was FOMO. You know, but you skated because you enjoyed it. That was your passion. Right. And then I remember the next year because I skated almost a whole year by myself in Florida. These kids were came up and they're like, "Hey, can we skate your ramp?" I was like, "Yeah." You know, and uh, it just went crazy after that. And know? then from there, you obviously, what age was it when you finally made the venture and moved out west? How old were you? Uh, I, I was trying to think of that the other day. <laughs> I know it was summer of 1986. But okay. I, I moved to Santa Monica uh, the year before. And okay. I did some stuff with Stacy out there. And I uh, I took some, I was I was kind of a shy kid. So Stacy had me take like some acting classes and stuff. <laughs> That's a me on some commercial things. And it kind of opened me up. And uh, what's a trip is, you know, it's a small word. You think about it. And I tell this story to people like in one of my classes I had, one of my friends that I did a lot of scenes with was Cato Caitlin. No. <laughs> yeah. The pool guy from the, the OJ pool guy. house. Yeah. Cato was in your acting classes. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's a, he was a great guy, you know. And what's amazing to me is that just shows you how brilliant Stacy was where he's like, hey, we've got something here and this is. This is more than just skateboarding. We're building a culture and we're turning these guys into bona fide stars. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it definitely, you know, he knew what he was doing. And Stacy just has that insight to, to, to see. I mean, even today he does, uh, he, he does commercials just to keep himself busy, but right. his true passion is, is, um, true stories. You know? Yeah. He's great documentary. And, uh, uh, financially it's probably not the best for him, but it's like, that's his passion. You it's know, and brilliant. He does it well, I love it. Well, I can't thank you guys enough for coming no, by. Thank you, Chris. And uh, I would love to sit down and talk with you further at some time, Mike, because I know you've got your skate shop still here in Encinitas, right? 30 years? 30 years, yeah. That's nuts. Yep, yep. That is and, uh, nuts. <laughs> and, and that when, shows you when you do good things, good things happen. So Mike, he runs a great shop, and that's why it's still there. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, we, we raise a lot of money through uh, for Grind for Life through, uh, you know, like a lot of guys will buy our signature boards. And, uh, you know, they'll get them on the gray market, whatever. They're 300 bucks or whatever. They, they buy them from McGill's. We charge them. We ask them, would you like to do a donation for Grind for Life? Right. I don't make any money on my signature. Yeah, but, but um, you guys raised, I think we're up to like almost $7,000 by doing that, Mike. Damn. That's a lot of money, man. That's right. getting and people we got, to the right treatment. Well, I just want to let you know, this, this will be the biggest check we ever gave you this year. Coming up. <laughs> Coming up, buddy. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. I love it. I appreciate you guys, what you're doing in our community, and uh, continued strength and keep kicking ass, Mr. Mike Rogers. Oh, thank you, Chris, for sharing today, too, with what you've gone through. It's not been easy either for you either, man. So we're all in this together. So thank you. Amen. Yeah, thanks, Chris. Great hang. Thank you to the Mikes, Mike McGill, Mike Rogers. Keep fighting, my friend. What an amazing, inspiring human. And I look forward to sitting down with McGill on a future episode. I want to talk more story, if you will. But uh, thanks for hanging out. Thank you to Jake Nager and the Moment of Truth for providing our background music. We appreciate you, Jakey, here at the U Network. Be sure to check out all our podcasts, including the Campfire Shite SHT shit show with Merrill and Bo, the uh, the Monday Mass with the great Chris Cote and Todd Richards, and then we also have uh, Let Me Drink About It. Otherwise, during my uh, last visit, it was awesome. 
We went down to, uh, you know, March and Ash in Mission Valley, 2835 Camino del Rio South. The last time Steel Pulse was in town, uh, we took the boys down to March and Ash, and they had the time of their life. In fact, David, the guitar player in uh, Steel Pulse, I think he's the biggest March and Ash supporter right now. <laughs> it's hysterical. He's commenting on their feed on Insta all the time. But if you want to visit a one-of-a-kind cannabis boutique in the heart of Mission Valley, minutes away from downtown, it's the flagship location because March and Ash actually just no, uh, opened a new spot, Imperial. They've got a new place going up out in Vista. But uh, this one, again, in Mission Valley. And uh, they've got a CBD room that's amazing. Like uh, during this piece you just heard, uh, I made a mention of CBD creams. What a spot for that. And uh, they've got an impressive flower bar and uh, everything you need in the THC CBD world. Just visit the place. You'll be blown away. As I said before, it's the type of place you take your grandmother. It's just so nice. It's like shopping at Nordstrom. So uh, experience what I'm talking about. March and Ash, Mission Valley, legal license shop. Open every day, 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Online at marchandash.com. Also now in Imperial at 2433 Marshall Avenue. They're officially open, and you can make your way out there any day between 8 a.m. and 10 p.m. So if you're heading out to Arizona on your way back, they've got a location out east. East on the 8, way out there. All right. Until next time. Be good to yourself. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate you. And uh, again, to Mike Rogers, thank you for sharing your story. You're a beautiful human.